Welcome to this month's episode of the World of Roofing podcast, hosted by John Kenny of Cockney Consulting and Andrew Rowley of RoofMapping.com, where we will introduce you to a new roofing industry artisan from around the world. All right, welcome back, everybody, for another episode of the World in Roofing. I'm John Kenny with Cockney Consulting Group, and again, I'm joined here by my uh, favorite of all time co-host, Andrew <laughs> Rowley, over there in. Uh, Great Britain. Andrew, we had the pleasure last time of you being over here in the United States, and we did yeah. one uh, live together. How are things going? Yeah, it's very good. It's been very hectic. Um, obviously, my wife's had major surgery. You've had Ian. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been, it's been been a busy time, but uh, an interesting one. But, yeah, I'm yeah. glad things are fairly back to normal now. Yeah, I hear you there. We had to put a little space between us We uh, <laughs> with the Ian, with the uh, hurricane, the power loss, and getting back yeah. up to speed. but. Uh, we're back and rolling now, which is good. So today, we are. Uh, uh, it's our pleasure to have Henry Staggs on with us. Henry uh, resides in Phoenix, Arizona. Is that correct, Henry? Yes, sir. Well, Maricopa, Arizona, <clears throat> close by. Excellent. And you, uh, you've been in the roofing industry how long? Well, I started with my granddad when I was twelve. I'm fifty-three now. So, as far as I can remember, I did try to escape a few times, but. I get dragged back in. Uh, you can't, can you? Keeps dragging you in. You can't get away. <laughs> this is just like the Godfather series. Once you're in, <laughs> you never get out. You're in. We're all that way. Like sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, really, Henry, I want to. I want to kick. We, we, so, I, I know you've seen our, our show before. Um, what we like to do is bring in uh, an industry professional from different parts of the world. Today is uh, this month is. Uh, we're we're pleasure to have you in here. Um, really, uh, this is about your passion and what you're doing. I uh, notice a lot of good things. I follow you on LinkedIn. I see what you're doing out there in Arizona. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, and then jump into your current passions you got going on today. Well, um, when I was young, uh, you know, I, I had a, kind of an interesting childhood. I was in the streets for several years until 17, 19 years old or whatever. And, um, you know, some of it's kind of fuzzy, but um, my... Uh, uh, my savior was roofing. Some guy saw me rocking down the street with a bucket of tools and he said, what the are you doing? And I told him and he introduced me to uh, roofing, which was a, a dirty, nasty, dangerous job nobody wanted. Uh, but I, I would take it because, you know, it, it was uh, a moneymaker for me. And then uh, by the time I was, uh, before I was even 21, I had a company going and was working as a second tier um, subcontractor on a military base which I wasn't supposed to be doing, but somehow I found myself there. And I've been, uh, uh, ever since then, just kind of, you know, scrapping along. I had a few different companies here and there, did some handyman stuff. Um, and every chance I got, and this this probably speaks more to my passion uh, than roofing, is uh, whenever I got an opportunity to get any education at all, I didn't care what it was. Um, you know, I go to class, take a course, uh, got into university, I would take it. For example, um, I had an opportunity to go into university, but in order to, to get it paid for, I had to become a hospital chaplain for about four or five years. So I did that to get that university education, and, and uh, I took uh, psychology courses there. And, and my hope was at the time was to uh, maybe leave the industry and become a um, an addictions uh, counselor for alcohol and drugs and whatnot. Because in my past, when I was living in the streets, I had a lot of run-ins and encounters with uh uh, those folks and had my own trials and tribulations in that area as well. So, um, so that's kind of where my passion is. And then, and now, you know, at my age and I have a teenager, I see 
young people um, out there getting ready to step into the world. And I know um, I know the good, the, the bad and the ugly of the world out there. And I really want to do whatever I can do in my capacity to help a, a young person get off on the right foot, get started in the, in the right way so that when they uh, get to be my age, they're, you know, they're looking more at, at retirement and doing well for themselves and have, you know, have had a, a decent, happy life and a good career rather than uh, scratching and fighting for every little nickel they can get. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be bad. And the roofing industry, it just opens up a lot of doors for a lot of different people because uh, there's, you know, a very, very low bar of entry. Um, maybe we can change that a little bit, but uh, pretty much anybody who can uh, climb a ladder or, or has the desire can get into the industry and, and do and do well. So I've been working, well, I was doing consulting for a while and I, I sold that company and I started this company, Factory Direct Riffing, and we do uh, low slope restoration here in Phoenix, Arizona right now. And, um, and I'm trying to build that company along with some young guys who are in their 20s and they wanted to... Uh, to get the company going and they brought me on board to be the old man to help them and i'm kind of having fun with that after we finish here i'm going to have lunch and, and interview our first uh business development officer uh well potential business development officer she's a social worker who has the same passions i do too and and anyways uh moving forward i um i ended up spending some time uh helping with the nccr uh roofing levels one and level two uh program wanting to you know bring more standardized training to the industry rather than kind of this hit and miss and all over the board sort of stuff. Well, so then, Henry, let me let me ask you this. Let me stop you there because a lot of our viewers may not know what NCCR is. Could you tell us a little bit what they do? Yeah, National Center of Construction, Education, and Research. They're the organization that does the uh, all the work to produce the textbooks for trade schools. Your plumbing, masonry, carpentry, now roofing's level one, level two. Um, that's who those folks are. They're not for profit. Um, so they're, they're not in this to make money. They're in it to, um, to build a, a better future for young people, which is why I like them. And they worked with the NRCA uh, to develop this program. So mm -hmm. I had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Uh, Reed Ribbles um, during my interview process to be uh, uh, considered a subject matter expert and join the, the team there. Um, that opened a few more doors and it got me into a college environment as an adjunct. Um, that's kind of slowed down now, but I worked uh, with the local college here, um, teaching uh, various construction programs there. Not really roofing. Uh, they're, they're, they're still on the fence about that, but it's it's getting closer. I mean, they're doing trades training in the colleges now, hands-on. So that's a step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. So um, that's where I'm at now. I just want to help young people get out there and um, and do it right and, and succeed. Um, you know, uh, everybody needs help. Everybody needs someone to kind of prop them up and help them out, give them a hand up. Um, all three of us do for sure. Yeah. So um, also too, uh, I know, I know a little side story. I'd love you to tell the people, I know you were, uh, you see more and more of it out there, but I'm pretty sure you were the first uh, to get your state with your governor to declare a national roofing month. Yeah. So <laughs> the first year a flat out rejection, uh, the second year they said yes. And I was really excited and I was going to go down and pick up my paper and um, and all that. And I don't know what I had in my head I was going to go. But when I got there, you know, a, a, a young girl came down from an elevator, handed me an envelope and said, thank you. And left. <laughs> so it was kind of unceremonious. But um, but I still think a step in the right direction because it, it at least brings attention to our industry. And what that did for me, though, it did help me um, further establish my relationship with the uh, Office of Apprenticeship here in uh, Arizona and with our, our director out there, Mr. Higgins. 
And him and I have a lot of conversations uh, consistently about that. And they're completely on board with the idea of standardized training. And, and there's other industries that do it. And we can see their success uh, in their industries. You know, the plumbing, HVAC, um, masonry, especially here in town, uh, they do that. But uh, And then I spent that entire month, by the way. Every Monday, I was on the radio with somebody from the industry talking about um, uh, roofing and uh, or their part in the industry. I had the uh, the director of our registered contractors came on and spoke. Um, we had the uh, the guy that runs our local OSHA is called Adosh. He came on and talked about fall protection safety. I had a, a safety a lady from safetyhelptoday.com. She came on as well um, and some roofing contractors as well. Uh, kind of a smaller company and then um, one of the guys from Progressive Roofing came on and talked about you know, job opportunities and ripping, which are abundant right now. So yeah, that was a very exciting month. Wore me down to the bone, I tell you what. That radio, <laughs> oh, I don't know how those radio hosts can do it. I, I have a lot more respect for them now. Just 15 minutes on Monday mornings was, was, was uh, yeah, <laughs> wearing me thin. Sure. So, you know, one of the things um, you brought up about the shortage of jobs, no, no, no stretch of imagination on that whatsoever. I recently did a couple different surveys. I did one on LinkedIn, and I did one sent out to contractors. And I'm going to release uh, uh, the results of that fairly shortly here out, out to the public. But um, I think what I've seen so far, kind of just giving you a little insight into that, is wherever if we think we're two, three million jobs short or half a million, whatever the thought was, we're probably four or five times that amount short just in roofing. Um, because right. the feedback coming from contractors is regardless of the economy, uh, they don't have enough people. So even if the economy slows down, they don't have enough people. So that's an interesting uh, way that they looked at it. So we'll we'll be releasing that coming up. Um, I guess what I'd like to ask you kind of share with us, what's your advice? Uh, we'll, we'll pretend that I'm a, a young person, uh, even though I'm not. We'll pretend I am. If somebody okay. comes up. And, they, you know, they run into you or, or you get out through a promotion, say they're 18, maybe they're coming out of high school, maybe they've been out a year or two, but they really all of a sudden got a, you know what, roofing looks uh, pretty interesting to me. How would you, what would you tell them to do? What would you suggest how they start their career path? Well, first of all, education and whatever education a person can get because it all applies. Uh, mine was in psychology, so obviously it applies when I'm dealing with people and uh, sales and things like that. But I would also suggest that they do two things. Look for a company who values training. Uh, there's, there's, you know, not every company values training and, and their, their employees seem kind of expendable, at least the way they treat them. Find a company who has uh, um, offers the training because training brings dignity and respect to, to yourself, for yourself and uh, for others. And then it'll show through in the workmanship as well. And, and the better... Your workmanship is as you're, you know, you're doing your job and you're getting your pats on the back and you're seeing the results of your work, uh, the more you're going to strive to be even better than that. So um, that's what I would suggest is find a company who's willing to foster your your desire to um, to train, grow and improve, not just on your hands on skills, but in your personal and your professional growth as well, you know, and your, your intellectual growth. That, that really matters a lot. Yeah, I think that's an important uh tip or fact that you brought up because I know speaking to a lot of young people like I do, they want, you know, they want to start out on the roof. Some of them do to get that experience, which I highly recommend. It's good to learn the trade you're going into, but they may only want a three to five year pathway before they can start to do, say, estimating sales, project management, administrative work, et cetera, 
or maybe work into the you know distribution field manufacturing. There's a lot of crossover out there. So I think that is a good point. It's not just hands-on trade education. You want to get the education continuing ed. And I and I think the nice thing about our industry is you don't have to have that commitment to go to a four-year college or even a two-year. Right. Just taking the classes that you need to take to benefit you are and there's a lot of resources out there even beyond college. Uh, anything else um, you may want to add on that or, or 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 what you think about it? Yeah, uh, you know that the, the openings are more than just on the roof, uh, like you just alluded to. That there's um, business development, sales, technology. The use of drones in our industry now is becoming more and more prevalent. So, you know, it's like I was saying on the radio, it's on and off the roof. You know, there's there's thousands and thousands of jobs available. When we talk about a need for skilled workers, we're really only talking about the guys we need out there on the roof. That doesn't that uh, doesn't really discuss that the, we need good estimators. You got to be, you know, very good at math. And you got to be able to sort of have a crystal ball and predict things and, and have an understanding of cause and effect and all that sort of stuff. Um, and technology is growing. We've got, you know, infrared and we've got the moisture scanning. We've got drones. And that's only going to improve over time. And pretty soon we'll have drones that can just fly up there and do complete assessments, which will put a lot of people out of business. But then you have the, the other side of the industry I used to be in, which was uh, the consulting side and advising clients and helping educate clients. And so the clients will understand what kind of contractor to look for. And they're going to look for the kind of contractor, at least, at least in, in my business, that does appreciate technology, training, and education, and uh, brings that to their uh, uh, to their boots on the roof, as well as the folks in the office. We can't forget that those people working in that office are, are at just as important as the installer. That sales guy, the estimator, the, the person doing the books, they have to be as good at their job as the guy installing the roof uh, for the whole thing to come together. So there's no, no, um, there's no lesser in the industry. But when I had a, a company in Oklahoma, I had some guys were kind of complaining about, you know, how easy the office work was. <laughs> so I rotated them all through the office job and let them all do it for one day. That's all it took, one day. One After one day of answering phones and dealing with clients and, and doing the books and all the stuff that the office ladies had to deal with, um, they they uh, appreciated them a lot more and they never complained again about, uh, about the office staff. They were much more courteous and polite. So, um, so yeah, just a kind of widen our view of what what skilled labor really means and like right now we have a young guy who's coming on board with us pretty soon and i can already see he's he's more inclined to do sales and business development than uh, installation he's smart he's got a real good attitude he's a likable guy and he just he's already speaks the the language of a salesperson he's always trying to close um a deal so we're we're but like you said before we do believe that he needs to at least be on the roof for a little while a couple of years at least uh, so he can uh, he can have a feel for the the dirt and the grind that he got to get into up there, which will make him only better at what he's going to do. So yeah, I would say don't don't think about well I'm going to be a roofer and that's the end end all and be all. No, you could be you could move into different parts of the industry and still do something very different, but stay in the industry that's uh, helped to grow and foster you. Right. Standardized yeah. training is very important. To, to no, I up. agree with that, and I think you brought up a great point there. Uh, sometimes the best lessons in life is walking in. Uh, someone else's shoes. And I think that's uh, really important in our industry to have that experience. It's more than just the you know lane you're in. You got to go outside the lane. Uh, right. Andrew, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it on over to you. Yeah. Anything um, you want to ask or we didn't bring up or questions on anything? No, it, it was just what Henry said about it. there's so many different people involved in it. You know, recently I just put um, 
for my day job, as it were, for peak building consultants. You know, I, I was going out to visit a roof that's being worked on, and I took a photo of some slate work that's been done, beautifully installed. Um, put the photos on, had a lot of comments, brilliant work. But it's not, and, and what roofmapping.com is, it's that photo, it's that wow factor, it's the inspiration, but it's it's all of that information that's behind the photo as well. You know, because you've got the installers, you've got the buyers, the estimators, the consultants going out to do the condition surveys, writing the specifications. There's there's so much involved to get to that end product of a, a finished roof, but um, people don't always see that. And that's what I'd like to expand on roofmapping.com is, you know, if you did the calculation, say, you know, put it on the map and say, yeah, I, I was involved in this. I did the estimating or I did the drone survey. You know, so whatever you've done in the roofing industry, we want you to be able to literally put it on the map and say, yeah, I was involved in this. And and hopefully with the, the education side, I was talking to an educator here in the UK who was, I'd like to use your website to to show some of the, the kids or people that are on training what roofs have been done. So they can actually see some of the quality work and think, well, okay, I'd like to be able to do that. And it might be that you look at stuff that's done all over the world. Like I'd never install it because it's not where I'm from, but you look at the bamboo roofs over in sort of Bali in Indonesia, they're just fantastic to look at. And they're like, wow, they can do that with bamboo. <laughs> and, um, you know, you might look at other metal work. And I look at some of the, the folded metal work that's done and think how on earth have they taken a flat sheet of metal and made a beautiful roof like this with the standing seams and the, you know, the end details. So for me, I'm inspired by the work that's done. And what I want to do is help the younger generation be inspired as well to think, actually, that's something I'd like to do um, instead of maybe being a, a blogger or a, a TikTok star, because that's what they, they're looking at mostly. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to take over the world and, and make everyone like roofs but that's part of what i'd like to do with the with the platform is to help inspire that next generation whether it be a fitter an estimator you know someone you know i spent nine years designing tapered insulation and i absolutely loved it um never a job that i'd heard of at school it was something i fell into but it's a great industry and that's what led me to all the contacts that i have within the roofing industry but yeah there's there's so many different avenues and we just need to speak more about them um, and make it not what Henry was told. It's a dirty, cold, wet and windy job. <laughs> Sometimes it can be. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But um, other times it's, you know, it, it's good. And I, I'd, I would just love to be able to do what I see people do with slates and metal and liquids and felts and everything else. It's just, for me, it's just great to see. Yeah, you do it correctly as an installer. You get to bring the artistic uh, person yeah. out in yourself because there's Definitely. a lot of art to installing roofs. Yeah. as you have behind you with the thatching yeah, yeah. Well, exactly how to do that with a bundle of straw I've got no idea <laughs> is the, well, are, excellent. The, are the uh, geese up there is that uh, also straw yes yeah yeah so he, um, Joe who's done this one he, he does different like, like those are I think they're swans actually um, but he does hares and all sorts and right. I know he's got one customer where they've got a little hair for each of their grandkids so as they get more uh -huh. he adds another one up onto the ridge that's so nice. he's built quite a relationship with that particular house owner over the years. So, it's amazing. Yeah, it's those, it's those little details that contractors can can do, isn't it? Make it a bit different. Absolutely. Well, Henry, I'm going to kick it back over to you for any closing remarks or comments or anything that we didn't come out and ask you that you'd like to share with our audience today before we close it out. 
Well, I was um, speaking with some of the uh, government officials here, and they said, Henry, sounds like what you and all these other folks are trying to do is professionalize your industry. Make it not a uh, last resort job that you take because you can't get anything else, uh, but make it an actual uh, career that people seek to be a part of and they look for it. And that's why that's why I do what I do, which is not a lot, but, you know, I hit these uh, trade schools up and recently been doing stuff with Habitat for Humanity. I really like working with those folks out there. Um, and there's more programs that are popping up where they're paying students to come and uh, get the training and then helping them uh, find the jobs in the industry. So I would really like to see more of that, more manufacturers, contractors, um, and distributors uh, kicking in to help pay students to go to the classes um, to become uh, skilled tradesmen. Uh, roofing, you know, <laughs> obviously uh, is my interest, but any skilled trades really, and uh, send them out um, with the right tools. And when I say right tools, I don't mean your tool bag. I, I'm talking about up here and knowing how to lift something properly, knowing how to um, uh, work safely and knowing when to say, no, I'm not going to do that because uh, I, you know, I have a back injury that I have to get uh, some surgery for here pretty soon. And, uh, and that's just simply because I carried those heavy rolls right up on my shoulder, up on the roof and those bundles and, and everybody's yelling, do it, get it up there. Let's go rock and roll, you know, all that. And, uh, and I ran my company like that for a long time too, before I, I started getting a little older and feeling it. And uh, so that's what I want is uh, help in whatever little way I can help a young person um, uh, feel good about themselves in their career. I, I just don't want this to be like, a, oh, I can't do nothing else. I might as well do roofing, you know? I don't want that. I want people to go, yeah, I'm a roofer. Yeah, let me go get this done. So yeah. roofing is an art. We can make anything and have, if you look the history of roofing, like the roof behind uh, Andrew there, um, uh, roofers are very good at taking just about anything we can find and figuring out a way to turn it into a roof system. It's just anything from, you know, the old old uh, uh, tar coal lamps, you know, and then and then uh, and then somebody came along and found, uh, you know, the mucky, nasty oil uh, from uh, gas refinery and said, I can make roofing out of that. I can make roofing out of straw. I can make roofing out of bamboo, rock, whatever. Whatever you give a roofer, um, that guy will figure out how to turn it into a, a roof or a part of a roof. And uh, yeah, roofing is art. I love it. Yes. Excellent. All right, well, uh, it was great having you on today. A lot of great knowledge and, and I gotta say, keep keep the work going. Uh, I think that's a great, uh, I'd like to quote you on that. I love that. Uh, roofing is not a last resort industry. It is definitely a professional industry. That was a great point you brought up. Yes. And so, Again, to our viewers, uh, we welcome you back. We look forward to having you on the next one. Uh, next month, we'll have another guest. I believe, Andrew, we might be going to Europe next next month. Possibly, or maybe even Costa Rica, or maybe Bali. So, so again, <laughs> we're going to bring that uh, world experience out to you every month. Henry, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. And, Andrew, always a pleasure. Good to see you again. All right, thank you. Take care, thanks, everybody. Thanks, see guys. you next round. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now.